What's going on, everybody? I am Brian Matthews, your host, and this is Confession of an Ugly Black Man. I'm coming back to you with another guerrilla style editorial podcast. I'm starting to consider myself one of the most dangerous podcasters out there. Why? Because I'm going to say what a lot of people are afraid to say. I ain't got nothing to lose. I don't have a fan base to offend. So why not go ahead and say, you know what? Time to get off the bench, coach, and put me in the game. Understand this. History, or in short, his story, meaning he who writes the books dictates how the story is told. Generally, the victor, they tell the story from their perspective. For example, whenever General Custer would win his battles, they were all called decisive victories. Yet, when the American indigenous people would win, such as in the Battle of Little Bighorn, i.e. Custer's last stand, they called it a massacre. Let's, let's change the subject a little bit. Let's get something that's more relevant or reliable to me. Reliable, relatable to me. Slavery. Now, that's a scary topic. We can call this America's biggest shame. Maybe. And I say maybe because the right is doing its best to rewrite. Well, no, wait. Not rewrite, but omit certain aspects of her story. Her story. Get it? Governor Greg Abbott has signed a controversial bill that prescribes how Texas teachers can talk about current events and American history when it comes to racism in the classrooms. According to the Texas legislator online, his signature makes Texas one of a handful of states across the country that have passed such legislation to which aims to ban the teaching of critical race theory in K-12 public school classrooms. A lot of people understand critical race theory or they think they understand critical race theory, but it's actually an academic term that the studies of how race and racism have impacted social and local structures in the United States. I highly doubt that the critical race theory is being taught in a way that most would envision it to be taught. However, it would be hard to talk about slavery, civil rights, and segregation without drawing some unbiased or maybe biased conclusions. Here's a scenario in the classroom. Excuse me, Mr. Teacher, Mr. Teacher, Yes, Kwame. How did blacks come to the United States? Oh, Kwame, that's a great question. They were refugees from an impoverished nation. And you see, their skills of farming and cultivation were so unique that the plantation owners would trade work for housing. And they would call that sharecropping. Now, to which, in that scenario, the story is true. Minus the fact that they weren't refugees. And they were forced labor. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they were owned often by brutal slave owners. See, that's what happens when people redact the truth and tell half the story. You only get half truths. And as I teach my son, who's nine, a half truth is nothing more than a lie. But hey, when has half a truth ever been a problem in this country? For example, and this comes from Madison, Wisconsin, AP. A Wisconsin judge laid out the final ground rules on Monday on the evidence which will be allowed during the Kyle Rittenhauer case. Three people that were killed, three black people. What they were trying to do, they were trying to not prejudice the, jur the jury and, and call the people victims. But they did say what you can refer to them if there's enough proof. You can refer to them as rioters, looters, and arsonists. But once again... You cannot call them victims. And this whole back and forth has made it seem like, is the judge impartial? I know justice is blind, but God dang, bro, talk to me. Many conservatives 
have flocked to support Rittenhouse, calling him a patriot and making him a symbol for gun rights and raising over $2 million for his bail. A patriot, that's what they called him. So killing black people with an illegal weapon that you're not supposed to carry, but you kill these people and now they're calling you a patriot, I beg to differ. Now, January 6th, there was an insurrection. Now, these people also called themselves patriots. Hmm. Let's go back about a year or two. Let's go back more than that. Let's go back a few years because we're now, well, we're slowly removing our footprint from Afghanistan. But you had people in Iraq, people in Iran, Syria, Afghanistan, who we called and labeled them as terrorists. But they themselves identify themselves as freedom fighters, a.k.a. patriots who were doing the exact same thing that the American quote-unquote patriots were doing January 6th, when those countries felt that Americans were pushing their Western agenda, which clashed with their ethnic beliefs, they decided, no, America is not the answer. The American way is not the answer. But hey, what do they know? They're freaking savages, remember? They don't have an opinion, right? If they have an opinion or need an opinion, we'll provide it for them. Because that's what we do, along with occupation of their country. Now, I know I'm taking my time to get to the point. But when you cook gumbo, because I love to cook gumbo. When you cook gumbo, you got to spend time making the roux. If the roux is booty, the gumbo's going to be nasty. So first of all, let me shoot the record straight. And I'm going to be straight up with this one. I believe in the American dream. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the Constitution of the United States even though originally it was not meant for me. I fought for it, and I will continue to respect it and respect the words of Thomas Jefferson. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unenalable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, even though I know that this is not true in so many cases. So I say to you, if the people who stormed the Capitol building wasn't that, in fact, an act of terror, I mean, I don't know what else to call it. However, if you follow the letter of the law and label these peoples as the enemy of the state, then under 18 U.S. Code 2381, we would label them as traitors to the Constitution of the United States, in which whosoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them because to me, the insurrection is living war against the United States and the Constitution or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be in prison. Not less than five years. Do you understand me? These people are only getting three months. Well, at least most, except for one guy that I know of and his name is Troy Anthony Smocks. He's 58. He was sentenced to 14 months in prison for his involvement with the riot at the U.S. Capitol. Now, this comes from CNN. Smock was in a Washington. He was in Washington that day of the insurrection, but he didn't go into the building. He came out of his mouth talking about prepare our weapons and then go get them. Let's hunt these cowards down like the traitors that they are. We now have the green lights. We now have the green light. Think about that. Who resists the U.S. are enemies of our Constitution. Our Constitution? That's not the same Constitution I know about, but okay. 
and must be treated as such. Now today, the cowards ran and we took the capital. They now have it back only because we left it. It wasn't for the fact that we wanted the building or to keep the building. It was them that we wanted. Now this joker with all that rhetoric was sentenced to 14 months in prison. Now here's the thing about this young man. Well, this young man, he's a black man. That's right. This is a black man. Now, a lot of people are like, I, ain't too, I didn't see too many people black, or too many black people involved in the insurrection. Oh, there were a couple out there. But this joker, like I said, he may have been involved, but he wasn't there. Okay. And received 14 months prison sentence with three years supervised release. So <laughs> him understanding that a lot of people around him only getting three months is thinking, I'm going to call foul. Now he wants to go ahead and pull out the what? That's right, people. The black card. Mm -mm -mm. No, sir. And then he's out there qu quoting Dr. Martin Luther the King. That's what he's doing. Here's the catch. Now, the federal judge that sentenced him. Oh, she was black. That's right. She was black. And I'm sure in all her properness, she was like, <clears throat> nah, dog. <laughs> you getting this one. Bruh, he didn't even go in. He was in his hotel room and he got hooked up with the hardest punishment. You know what? He just got his wake up call. I know, I know, I know. You guys are like, come on, Brian, get to the point. I know it's taking me time to get to the point. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for roll call. I'm putting fools on blast. Officer Brandon Tatum, please stand up and be recognized. Now, Officer Tatum, if you've seen him on YouTube, he's another black conservative or what I like to call a collaborator. He's just like the tools of the right. And the only thing he does is spits out hypocrisy. That's all he does. He spits out the right's rhetoric and their hypocrisy. This guy said out of his own mouth that there was only one person that was killed during the insurrection and she was innocent. Now, being a former officer of the hot damn law, I would think breaking an entry criminal trespass was illegal so i thought meaning she wasn't innocent because she shouldn't have been there but i will say this maybe due to the conspiracy theorist in me that there was some form of police involvement who colluded with the riders and gave them passage maybe we could say then she was uh, innocent but no but let's rewind the clock let's rewind the clock to last year 2020 whereas in the george floyd protests 19 people were killed that's right, 19 people, and to be fair and impartial, there were also 12 officers that gave their lives in the defense of what they believe were in the line of duty. Yet, a mob taking a revolutionary position storms the Capitol building, and one person dies? Come on, think about it, people. You know what the commonality of that situation is, right? Why only one person died in lieu of George Floyd protests where 19 people were killed? Listen to the words that I'm saying. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Now, this guy, Mr. Brandon Tatum, he likes to process that he's a religious man, that he professes that he is a Christian. And I'm not down he may not be. He may have his former Christianity. And you know what? Just speaking of what I learned today in church, because yes, I go to church, that there's some false prophets out there. And maybe his God is on the right. You know what I'm saying? And his hypocrisy is okay. So I'm going to tap this fool out with this trifecta. He's a black conservative, an amoral Christian, and a former police officer. Now, I wonder how many people's civil rights he's violated. Ice Cube said it best. 
They'll slam you down to the street tops. Black police showing out for the white cops. Calling you out, bro. Your few years as a B-cop versus my 24 years as a soldier, leader, and real patriot. Come on now. Who's next? Come on, Leo Terrell. Won't you step up too, Buster? Now, this guy, oh my God, what can I say about this guy? This is your modern day Stephen from Django. He actually takes joy out of degrading his own people. And guess what, y'all? He's a civil rights attorney. Talking about letting a fox with the chickens. Get out of here, bro. I've been burned by people who I thought had my back. And they were black folks at that. And when it was said and done, I felt like Julius Caesar with all kinds of knives in my back. But I guess now, Mr. Leo, this guy is a Shaq whisperer. Because Shaq came out talking about he was retiring his celebrity. But oh no, not Mr. Leo, not Mr. Leo Terrell. He says what Shaq was saying with all his teeth showing, his true meaning was code. It was encrypted. That he was no longer adhering to the left by renouncing their views and policies of racism. That blacks, they're always complaining and they're saying that they're victims. That they don't have the same amount of rights and, and privileges and they don't have the same opportunities as other people. I don't know Shaq from Adam. I really don't. But what I do know, that's not what he freaking said. He didn't say no stupid shit like that. Sending cryptic messages to the left-leaning celebrities. What, what? Dog, listen up. Shaq has F.U. money. He has, you know what F.U. is. I'm trying to keep the cursing down. He has F.U. money because he's F.U. rich. Doesn't matter what he thinks. Doesn't matter how he feels or what he says. Nothing that goes on around him affects him. Oh, he's also a, a what do they call him? A, uh, what do they, they call him? He's, he's a police officer, but anyway, he's a part-time police officer when he gets called up. Reserve, that's right. He was a police officer in reserves. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, okay, there's so many things that I could tap onto that, but I'm not a, at this particular time. I will go and say this. I'm going to summarize the whole victimization to Mr. Leo and Uncle Ruckus and these other black conservatives who fail to acknowledge about what victimization is in my final summation. You see that? The brother's breaking down final summations. I'm going to tell you who Leo actually reminds me of. He reminds me of Scratch from the movie Crossroads. Always smiling. But see, he has nothing but malice and ill intentions in his heart. All I'm saying is I'm calling you all cockroaches out. I'm calling all you cockroaches out. And there's a couple, a couple of them cockroaches that I haven't even mentioned, i.e. Tyrus, one of Fox's favorite guest commentators, and the Hodge twins. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if there's something that they're paying you to say or if you truly believe in the things that you're saying. But if you want to step up and challenge a brother, we can cut some heads. And that, in black terms, people are battle verbally, of course, because, oh, my God. I detest violence. I see this young man on uh, YouTube uh, a lot, and his name is uh, Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And uh, he always says, Karens are dangerous. Dr. Ritchie, I would challenge that black conservatives are the danger. When, they, when, when the right says, I don't understand what's going on with those niggeros. They're all crazy. We give them everything they need, but they just cry and complain. And those Chester smiling cats just say, yes, sir, they shall do. Now, I've stated on more than one occasion, I'm not on either side, the left or the right. I, I am for my culture. I am for the people and I support the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic, you dig? Now, I may not agree with the president of the United States, whoever is in office. But if he says, Brian, suit up, there's work to be done. My only reply will be, Roger that, sir. Wait, 
Now, I've been civilian for about nine years, so instead of Roger that, I'd be like, yum, yum, come get me some. That's right. Nah, I'm just joking. Now, these black conservatives, they will say that we're not victims. They will say well, we get as much opportunity as everyone else. And to that point, an opportunity, I agree. We do get the opportunity, and it does take the individual to take advantage of those opportunities. But you're right. Blacks are not victims. We're victimized, and we're victimized from the family patterns that are attributed all the way back to slavery and racial depression, which humbled the black male, in which this particular symptom is found in a publication called the Monaghan Report, which was published in 1965. You think critical race theory is somehow being taught in schools? No, bruh, that's not the case. Check this out. When I was 13, the first time I was called nigger was in a school, a high school. Okay, well, middle school, actually. When I was 16, the first time I had my encounter with a racist cop, I was in the car. I made a turn too fast. He told me, hey, boy, you know how fast you were going there, boy? And when I was 17, I was walking off a hill, and I'm not going to lie, I might not have the greatest disposition being a smartass, so to speak. I got my chin split open by a state trooper. At the age of 25, I was assaulted by a black military police officer when I was in the Army. Officer Tatum. Now, in that last situation, because I was a grown man, oh, it didn't go away the way they thought it would because I opened up a can of whoop-ass and went to work on my G. I, I commenced a whooping him. It took six police officers to get me off him. And check this out. <laughs> no charges because he started it. He hit me first. And all I did was defend myself. So, once again, we're not victimized, but we are victimized we're not victims, I should say. We are victimized by the perpetual myth that all blacks are inherently dangerous. Some people can't, I guess you can't say, they can't separate reality from fiction. Just like watching movies. Just, I just don't see that, okay? What rap videos and uh, Boys in the Hood and things of that nature, it's, a lot of it is all fiction based on some truthful situations, but it's still primarily fiction. But this right here is fact. The Stanford Open Policing Project, which was examined almost 100 million traffic stops. Now, this was conducted from 2011 to 2017 across 21 state patrol agencies to include California, Illinois, New York, and Texas, and 29 municipal police departments, including New Orleans, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and St. Paul, Minnesota. Go figure. The results show that police have stopped and searched more black and Latino drivers based on less evidence than stopping white drivers who are more than likely having illegal items but are searched far less. You see, when we are born, we're born behind the eight ball. And as a grown-ass man, I should not be afraid that my next traffic stop will be my last day on earth. I know cops fear me. I am angry. I am black. And yep, I'm bald. And which means I fit the description of every probable cause for a traffic stop or just a stop in general. This is the reason why I don't carry a gun. License or not, cops will kill you dead and then claim qualified immunity. Now, as of late, three police officers were ambushed in Houston, Texas. But Officer Tatum, he took offense because he looked all around the internet to see if any of the black agencies were mourning for these three black police officers. Yeah, I let that off on purpose. But then he didn't find that anyone, and I guarantee if you looked on, on, uh, primarily white, if you want to call it that, primary white official boards, he wouldn't have saw the same thing at all. But he wanted to pick on the ones that were focused on blacks in the black community. 
Well, with all the bad policing that has gone in the streets and caused our streets to be battlefields, why would we mourn? As for conservative blacks, here in the divided states of embarrassment, when you get your wake-up call, just like OJ got his wake-up call, just like Stacey Dash got her wake-up call, understand this, we will turn our backs on you when you have no place for solace. There will come a time when your masters will no longer have need for you. And if you become Mississippi low-hanging fruit, I won't drop one tear for you either. You see, the United States Congress never made lynching a federal crime due to the powerful opposition from Southern senators, FYI. Now, this is a movie quote, but this is how our enemies think, at least in my opinion, this is how they think. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the limitations of the women. See, I'm no Moses, but I speak for one who is many. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. If I sit in silence, then I quietly accept everything. If I raise my voice, I reject your hypocrisy and stand ready as it is and will be. Understand this, my friend. This will defend. This is Brian Matthews, and you've been fed.